And welcome back to the ALG podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. I am your co-host, JRP Journey. I am joined alongside Fit D Rock, David Roden. And today we have a very special guest, one piece of the puzzle that is the Fantastic Four. Another member is among us, Big J Reed. Joel Reed, welcome to the ALG podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. And you forgot, it's the fat in the Fantastic Four right here. Oh, I, I do I apologize. Say, on a complete <laughs> tangent note, that is the greatest intro we've had thus far, and I'm proud of you, John. <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Joel, we've been, uh, we've been Instagram friends for what, maybe three years now? Something like that, yeah. So, I mean, I know about you. David doesn't know about you, and I'm not really sure if our listeners know much about you. So why don't you take us back and uh, tell us a little story about little Jay Reed. All right. So anyways, I was always the fat kid growing up. I was always the one, you know, pick last on the football team, always eating the extra lunch. Just, I was always a chunky kid. It really took off for me once my dad passed away when I was 10 years old. After that, I developed a lot of issues with food, mostly turning to it for comfort. It was, you know, it was almost like a drug. You know, people would make fun of you in school. People would, you know, almost bully you. But, you know, you could eat and it'd make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And then I, w- I kept it kind of under control back then. But then my mom passed away of cancer in 2000, uh, 2010. And that's when it really kind of took a dive. Because uh, before that, the cancer kept getting worse and worse. And we couldn't really leave the house because she, this cancer spread to her spine. She couldn't really walk. It was just a whole bunch of shit compounding. So we just, we had, we had to eat fast food. We had to eat delivery food, just pretty much quick stuff we could get in the house. And at that point, I weighed a staggering 375 pounds. And how old are you at this point? At 15 years old. And after that, I moved in with some guardians who I'm I'm very thankful for. They set me straight. They got me to a doctor. They got me, they got me down the right path. And through that, I got down to around 260 pounds. That's where the problem took off even more because I got the ability to drive. (laughs) Uh, up until this point, you know, I was eating what was given to me. I was, you know, they kind of guided me along. They were like, here, eat this. They cooked healthy dinners, all that good stuff. But then when I got access to that bad food again, I went right back to old habits. I was hitting drive throughs every day after school. Sometimes, you know, two times a day. I was getting food enough for three or four people at least. And what was the go-to moves? I, I got to know. Like, oh, the go-to say fast moves- food, I, I got to know what we're working with here. Yeah, so the, go, the three top three go-to moves were Whataburger because I was born and raised in Texas. you got to do it. Never had one. I've had it once. Very, oh very good. Oh, my God. Y'all, y'all are missing. If y'all say In-N-Out's better than Whataburger, that's literally fighting words down there. <laughs> uh, you, you will get I have had In-N-Out a couple times, and it's, it's, some, it's some dank stuff. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I heard the French that. fries taste like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, though. That's <laughs> going around right now. Yeah. That was my that was my number one go to move, and it was it wasn't just you know oh I'm gonna go get a burger. It was I got a triple burger, I got a chicken strip dinner, mm. I got a large sweet tea. It was pretty much. Oh, eight. keep talking dirty to me. <laughs> and then sodas, sweet tea were just those were my biggest cr- crutches because I wouldn't drink, you know, a twenty ounce would be done. I would drink one or two two liters a night of Coke, and a gallon of sweet tea at a time, and it was just. It was just staggering what I could eat and drink back then. And after that, I start. And then once I graduated high school in 2014, 
went off to my freshman year of college, kept up my same bad habits, you know, no activity. You know, I was cutting classes because I didn't want, <laughs> didn't want to walk across campus. I was staying in my room all day playing video games, Been staying there. up all night. Just kept eating and eating and eating. It was just, you know, the habits were just bad at this point. Right. And so I got to the end of my freshman year of, of college. I was on academic probation. I basically failed out of all my classes. And then I moved up to North Carolina for a summer internship at my uncle's company. And at that point, my aunt decided to send me to a doctor because she wanted me to get checked up. Really, that was just a sneaky way to get myself to get weighed because at this point, any bathroom scale wasn't going to weigh me. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there, I wasn't weighing myself. It was just a whole bunch of issues there. And when I got to the doctor, I, I expected the worst because I knew I went up for a physical for my senior year of football in high school. I was over 400 pounds, but I didn't expect to see 467 on the scale when I went there. And once I saw that number, I knew something had to change. And then I moved up to North Carolina and got started living with my aunt and uncle. And it was kind of the same process again. You know, they started giving me healthy foods. I was eating dinners. I was, they were cooked for me, all that good stuff. But this time it stuck because I was in it. I knew if something didn't change, I was, you know, not going to have a good life. I was going to die. Just all kinds of issues were going to be there. Mm-hmm. And through that, I kept working. I started, started off by just walking down to the pool, doing laps in the pool, not, not swimming. Cause you know, I was, I could have been used as a raft to like <laughs> people out of the country. Like that, that was, was like one of my, my saving graces. Like I, <laughs> when you're 400 plus pounds, you physically float in water. It's amazing. You don't even you don't even have to move your feet. You, you just don't know just... no treading, yeah. no nothing. That yeah. I used to always make a joke out of that. Like when you're on a you know, when you're on a plane and in case of water emergencies, well, and I would look at the person next to me and goes, "Bitch, I, I float." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always made a joke that that was my backup career move. Was I was gonna go be a raft for people sneaking in the country? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, no offense to anybody. I don't know if I say it all on this podcast, but no, uh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I know no one of John's on here. There's probably been some worse things. That- <laughs> trigger warning, trigger warning. Trigger, we'll, start, trigger. we'll start, we'll start putting up stuff. You just have an American, American flag in the background. It's kind yeah, of trigger warning. And the headband on. So, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, I started there and it just started compounding. I started seeing results and this time, you know, I wasn't doing it to impress somebody. Of course, being in high school, when I tried it the first time I was, you know, what's the biggest thing guys think about at that time? girls i was trying to impress the girls i was trying to impress other people i was trying to be cool but this time i was doing it for me right and i was doing it so i could be, so i could have a better quality of life and through that over two years i lost 230 pounds got down to my lowest weight <clears throat> and there was so much that opened up to me but uh by then um i was able to play football again in college uh played nice. football my junior year and senior year of college what, what position uh offensive line classic it was funny because I'd never been called this in my life, but we had an award ceremony at the end of the year, my junior year, and the coach, he would give a little speech about the person and then introduce him. And he started talking about, you know, the most improved player. And, <laughs> and the words that came out of his mouth were, he's undersized for a lineman. And I was like, oh, it's probably one of our tight ends or something. And then he said my name and I'm like, it's, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> So. me undersized you think i'm skinny is, is this a challenge Coach? i went straight to mcdonald's after that i was like, yeah. 
Um, and then since then I got into powerlifting. That's been my passion now. And that's pretty much how now we're here. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I want to, I want to bring it back a little bit. Let, let's go back to, uh, to high school, Joel. Um, so before you said Whataburger was your, uh, was your go-to. So what was your, your other eating habits besides Whataburger? Like what were, where were you going? What were you eating? And kind of walk me through the the eating and kind of like the physical. I know you're playing video games. You were kind of you were playing football, but what was a day to day life for Joel? Well, day to day life for me was I wake up. Obviously, gotta wake up. <laughs> <laughs> then I go to school, but on the way to school, I would get something for breakfast, which was either usually Jack in the Box or Sonic or just something like that. You and actually like cool. Sonic? What? You like Sonic? I think Sonic is the grossest food on the face. I couldn't even do it, even if I was four hundred pounds. <laughs> Couldn't do it. That's all right. <laughs> but when you're that big, like I, I was a very gross big person. I wasn't like exquisite cuisine. I was like, oh, this is greasy. This is nasty. Let me eat this. You know, breakfast burritos <laughs> from there were mint. Okay. Okay. So then I go to school, eat lunch, and my lunch was most most of the time bigger than most people's. Obviously, you know, it wasn't just let's get the tray lunch. Let's get the tray lunch and a hot dog on the side, a couple packs of cookies, carton of milk. Right. Did you hide it a little bit or did you, or did you own it in high school? Oh, I, at, at school, I kind of owned it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of known. I was the big kid. I, I ran with a crowd of people who was, there was one kid, his name was Russell and the ginger bastard. He was, uh, he, he was born diabetic. So he could eat a lot without gaining weight. Yep. So he almost had competition to see who could eat the most. <laughs> Classic. Did, yeah, you, did yeah. you face a lot of bullying in, in, uh, in high school because of your weight? Um, a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, the school I went to was a smaller school, so there, it was a more tight knit group. So there wasn't a much bullying. I'm sure there was, you know, talking behind the back cause you know, everybody's got to face that in high school, but right. to my face, it wasn't much, especially cause at that point I used it as a coping mechanism. Uh-huh. If someone was making jokes about me, it was me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was the one who was like, for example, what were some of your go-to moves, <laughs> uh, for, well, my biggest go-to was threatening people to sit on them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, hey, if you don't shut your mouth, I'm going to sit on you. <laughs> you can't uh, go wrong. That's a threat. That's, yeah. that's, a, threat. that's a threat. It's, it's not like, it's not like well, I'm going to sit on you. It's like there's a boulder going to be on your lap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much you actually did it, but I did. Yeah. Like oh, I used to, I used to belly flop on people on couches just to piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done that and I did it. It wasn't always a threat, but I did it. Uh, Another go-to move was taking off my shirt and, you know, doing, doing my milkshake. Bring out a you did do that. Really? That takes balls. I yeah. couldn't do it. That well, is so, ballsy. What I thought was funny was when I was at 400 pounds, I was, you know, I was more confident taking my shirt off than I was when I lost my weight because Man. there was kind of a veil over it of, I'm not trying to look cool. I'm not trying to look sexy. I'm, I'm a joke at this point. Like I'm right. trying to laugh. So that was one of my go-to moves. Um, and then- That's- Real quick, I gotta go off that because I actually had the exact same. I had the exact opposite when it came to same pivot, but same uh, just a little different avenue, which was which was girls at the time. I in high school and early college, when I was four hundred pounds. I was surrounded by the hottest girls at all times, and everyone when we went to the bars or whatever in college, they always wanted to hang around me because I was always with the 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 central cheerleaders. I was always with the athletes, and then I started losing weight, and I kind of got down to like the, the hybrid phase. And I'm like, I got weirded out by hanging around like hot girls now because I'm like, wait, do they like me? Do they not like me? <laughs> I face? So I actually had that opposite. That, that's interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I was not very confident myself. I wasn't, I was not confident at all to talk to girls. I know John talks about, you know, he was, he was still a head honcho when he, he was the man, he was the man, but I was not the man. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then also when my biggest go-to was when a situation came up where, you know, I was kind of exposed for being fat. I just right. laughed at it. Like, exposed example, in what way? So for my biggest example was when I broke a chair, which gotcha. happened a lot. Oh my yeah. God. You broke chairs? This, oh, I, broke I had this conversation with John. I've never broken a chair. Yeah. I, I've never met a fat guy besides David who never broke a piece of furniture. Did you because go? Because I never, I never, I never actually, the only possible angle you could say of a chair I broke was the futon freshman year of college, just from where I sat in the same place all the time. So I got a really big. Bow. Yeah. No, you broke it. You were no, fat no, 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 and no, you no, broke no. it. Nothing cracked. It was just really bowed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah actually, no. I almost broke a dining room chair today, actually. And got a little freaked out because I sat down. The chair's really old, and it did the old creak, creak. And I was like, "Oh, oh no! I'm having flashbacks to knob. Like this is not good. This quarantine's really messing me up right now." Welcome to the rice fields. <laughs> no, so, yeah. so you're exposed. You're breaking chairs. Take me back. Yeah. So, like, I remember one time, uh, it was, and I went to a Christian school. So, yes, we had Bible class. I know mm. that. And it was Texas, so you can only imagine. Awesome, three sixteen, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, whenever it was always a process when I was going into class, because when you're in high school, you have assigned seats. Right. You know, you go in, you sit in your chair. That's fine. It was a whole different process for me because I had I had a system. I had to find okay, is there a table that pulls out because mm -hmm. there's those desks that are attached. Oh, the little the little U desks. Yeah. yeah, sucked. I had to find one that fit me, and there was always one or two that were like. A little bit bigger that I could literally wedge myself. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or oh, we're all vibing on this one. Yeah, <laughs> we've yeah, all you, been. You there. do that little. Oh, the, the, it's like the oh. sit and turn. Yeah, and yeah. you kind of like pivot wedge your your body. Uh -huh. And then you're like this for the rest of class, and you're like half, okay, half leaned out, kind of yep. at an angle. Yeah. Uh -huh. like to you try to play it off like yeah, I'm I'm cool, I'm cool. <laughs> yep. A no. little fr a little frosting <laughs> hanging off the side, you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, this yeah, brings but, back memories. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're, is, is this a therapy <laughs> session? <'Cause> this <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so I was sitting in a big table that was adjacent to all of them, and it had a chair that pulled out, and I like to lean back in them, and I guess I leaned back on just one of the legs, and that leg said, whoop. <laughs> 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 it went all the way back, and I, I slow, I fell back, hit the ground, and I, and I could already hear people laughing, so I'm like, all right, I got to get up and laugh. I gotta make it look like it was like it was funny, like it was a joke. You right. did it on purpose. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, was that the Titanic music playing?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are those are some of my go tos. Um, mm -hmm. I will say, breaking breaking a desk in high school for me, um, it made life easier after because I remember I broke a I broke a seat in my English class, and then after that, they got me one of those desks that didn't have a chair attached to it. So I had the opportunity to either use the teacher's nice rolly chair, or they got me one of those regular chairs that you would just slide into the, uh, into the desk. So I was like, ah, jokes on you. I'm going to break every goddamn desk in this school now. <laughs> I get to, this, this is my way of getting ahead. I'm going to sue the school. I'm suing. I'm suing. Anyway, which actually speaking of not fitting into things, the, the one thing I remember that was the probably one of the worst experiences for me, which I played it off back then, 
but between my junior year of high school and my senior year, my my school switched uniforms from you know the usual kind of loose fitting football uniforms to the tightest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And and then my the very first game we hadn't worn them yet. We just worn them for pictures, so I hadn't had pads on over it. And it was a two XL. And at this point, I'm high three hundreds, almost four hundred pounds. And I put the pads on, start to put my start to put my my shoulder pads on. And that shit doesn't fit like that. It, the jersey yeah. did not come past here. It was bad, and all the coaches were looking at me like, "Didn't you work out this summer?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." I did. <laughs> I was doing bicep curls with the Whataburger <laughs> Cur- curls for the girls, coach. I ain't yeah. working on chest and abs, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, and so I literally had to have two or three people help me, like shimmy into it and pull my jersey down. And it would it would be a crop top. And I remember one of my buddies. He his mom ran a uniform business, so she literally had to put spandex in the side of the uniform. For me to fit in it, it was crazy. That's sad. And then after I, the game, I had to have two more, two more people help like pull it off of me because they were I was so sausaged in there. Oh my god! I, I got I got a story for you with that, John. This is something you don't know about me. Oh, here we go. In eighth grade, I was on the wrestling team. Wow! I was in the in eighth grade. I was I was already like pushing three hundred. I was two two because I was like I, I hit three hundred at like fourteen so yeah. fifty so right right around the time time, uh, and I was at I mean obviously I'm 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 wrestling at heavyweight which mm-hmm. is the nearest heavyweight it's now within a hundred pounds of me, which is funny how that works I so I, I don't even know how this would have happened but at least when it came to practice, I won every time obviously, <laughs> uh, but the fir- but you always we never actually wrestled in singlets. And my first time putting on a singlet, I quit because I couldn't let my man boobs be out. I couldn't do it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I mean, it's like down like this and boobs are flopping out everywhere. And I'm like, I can't do it. So I literally did practice for that whole, the whole season going up to the season starting. And I quit before the season started because I just couldn't get myself to wear a singlet with my man boobs. <laughs> That's all right. I went to join the wrestling team. I was like, I had to be about 3, 3.30 at the time. And uh, my stupid ass thought that we were going to learn, you know, like professional wrestling. So <laughs> I walk in, I walk into the wrestling room of my, uh, my middle school at the time and I'm middle school, high school. And I'm like, all right, well, where's the ring? And they were like, oh, those pads over there with the, the circle, that's, that's the ring. And I was like, y'all ain't got turnbuckles. <laughs> and they were like, this isn't professional wrestling. I was like, all right, well, my time here is over. I really thank you for uh, having Have me and uh, be well. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But since we're talking about high school sports, my one of my worst experiences with high school sports being a fat guy was, of course, I sandbag practices because mm-hmm. when you're almost 400 pounds, I mean, it's always a stereotype for linemen to hate sprints and not be able to run. I, w- I was that times too. <laughs> so I remember one time we had – we didn't really have, we didn't have a football field at our school because it was so small. Uh, so we had a little, like the little yard where all those sports would practice. And it was probably about under 120 yards long, maybe. And for punishment, the coach would make us run down and one fence and run back. So of course I'm sitting there, I'm, everybody's already done by the time I hit the first fence. All right. And I just kind of start walking back and I turn around and coach has everybody in a push up position. Oof. And he yells at me and he's like, Get your well, he, he couldn't cuss because you know, Christian school. But he basically <laughs> said, Get your ass back here, and they're not moving until you get your ass back here. <laughs> and so oh, I actually had to, like, I had to try, I actually had to try, and I was like, It was kind of a wake up call for me, like, oh, Wow, maybe 
maybe I should get my shit together. But I yeah. did. So did you did you guys do the uh um speaking of like the high school athletic kind of stuff, did you guys have the standardized tests, fitness tests? Yeah. Well I did in New York. I don't um, know. I think we did I think we did in middle school, but we didn't at, uh in high school. You didn't have, okay, because I'm because like, I would fail all the different fitness tests, obviously the mile run, the shuttle, all this kind of crap, but the um, the step and hold, it was so funny, like you'd sit there and do the, the pull-up hold bar, the uh-huh. pull-up bar, and I would be on a chair, and then they would pull the chair out, and I'd immediately go down, but they go, <laughs> one second, <laughs> they, just give, they just give me a loose second, I'm like, yeah, but on the, uh, I would get presidential, which was the top 1% in what? physical um test which which eating (laughs) eating you're pretty close flexibility the sit and reach oh Oh, i could palm the wall (laughs) yeah i don't know palm the wall being fat really did make me kind of flexible i guess it's just because your body has to adjust to how wide you really are Mm -hmm. but uh now that i'm i'm a lot lighter than i used to be i do notice that i'm extremely flexible especially my legs Mm -hmm. and i and i attest that to being so heavy for the longest time like i I would take bets and be like hey you want to see how high i can kick my foot and i could get yeah nfl punter i was like they were like how does bowling ball do that right (laughs) no yeah but I dig it. I dig it. So then um, we went on a complete, this yeah, is like, I, a, it, I like how every single episode it's, it's, it, we have a general flow, um, which is like story teach tools, kind of like the general flow of what we do. Um, tell us your story, give us some big teaching points, any tools that we can like, that someone listening can, can physically implement and kind of like get them moving in the right direction. But I love the story time because it's just like, it's just fat people vibing, previous yeah. fat people vibing. <laughs> <laughs> So Joel, you're 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 playing you're playing high school sports, right? right? So now take take me from you playing high school sports to to now you got weighed in. Your your aunt made you weigh in at this point, or this is after high school? Uh, it was after my freshman year of college is when my okay my okay. So take me from your senior year to your freshman year of of college. Yeah, so my my senior year to my freshman year, it was so you know how I said when I got that freedom of driving, right? Uh, my eating habits went off the rails. Getting the freedom of living on my own in a dorm room made that even worse. Right. Because now, you know, I have free reign to, you know, sit in my room all day. I did have a roommate, but, you know, he was doing his own thing. Was he a fatty or no? Uh, no, he was not a fatty, but he uh, was just as lazy as me. So, okay. Yeah. So it, it gave me that freedom to, because there was no mandatory attendance in any of my college classes. Um, I had a parking pass where I could pretty much go anywhere. So I didn't have to walk across campus if I didn't want to. Wait, you did? Uh, what? You got, you got a parking pass? Yeah. Oh, I, my, my, my college, I had to park in the freshman, freshman lot, which is the other side of campus. So literally my freshman year, I got 27 parking tickets because wow. I just wouldn't do it. Like, I'm just like, I'm too fat to walk like three miles across ca- campus. I'm not doing it. Well, my, my two week stint in college, I had a handicap sticker. So oh I could park. My, you savage. So I had, I got the ability to just park wherever the hell I pleased. But my problem was I just wouldn't go to class because I didn't want to walk anywhere. So literally I paid for a whole semester of college, but I would show up, park my car, hang out in front of one of the buildings um, and go back to my car, take a nap. And then I would drive across the street to McDonald's, get something to eat, which for me, that was like, you know, $30 worth of food. <clears throat> 
eat in a McDonald's parking lot by myself, shame eating. And then I would drive home and go have lunch with my grandma right afterward and be like, Hey, how was, how was class today? Oh, it was great. I had a great, great day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yep. All yeah. right. Back, 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 back to your, your back to show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, cause one of my, one of my more embarrassing moments was when my, my dorm was very cohesive. My, this was a small, also a smaller college and, the floors were very cohesive. So it was almost like a community, you know, everybody meet in the lobby at six o'clock to go to dinner together. Everybody meet up. And the, the ex- expectation was, you know, we all walk across campus together to, to the meal hall. Right. I'm like, all right, I'll meet y'all there. And I get my minivan. Yes. I drove a minivan back then. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I drove there. Um, and my eating habits, even though I was still around people. And that's one of the thing about my eating habits back then is, while I owned it in school, at school lunches, I did not own my Whataburger runs or anything after, after school. Right. You know, I was just like John said, I was either eating in the car or sneaking it into my room. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause the thing is, if you have eating habits like that, you're most likely not proud of it, <laughs> which I, exactly. I was not at all. Truth. So, for example, once I got to college, I would still go out to eat, but I would get like, if I went to Raising Cane's chicken, I would get a six piece meal, but I'd get another one to eat in the car before I went home, before I went back to my dorm to eat it. <laughs> so. Wait, hold on. You're telling, you're telling me you're not supposed to be proud of your physical ability being 500 pounds and being like body positive towards <laughs> your such a great, great, great habits you've cre- informed yourself of. And good golly, gosh, I'm so positive at the fact I eat like crap and I'm 500 pounds. <laughs> All the diets don't work for me, guys. <laughs> I mean, How much money were you spending in a drive-thru typically? Man, it was a lot of money. So typically it'd probably be anywhere from $30 plus some right. time. Yeah, it was. And I didn't think about it then, but. But you look back now and you're like, damn, I spent a lot of money. I'm like, shit, that was, yeah. that was a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. And everybody says it's, it's too expensive to eat healthy, but if you're eating like we were, yeah, it's more expensive to do that. Exactly. So exactly. question. Also so, went to Little Caesars. That was that was my Little like Caesars. Little pizza. Oh but, yeah. I will. I will admit. I live in New York, and obviously, I'm a pizza fiend my whole life. Little Caesars and Pizza Hut are my two favorite fake pizza places in the whole world. We define them here as fake pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll never say we're gonna go to Pizza Hut for a slice of pizza, but if we have to get fake pizza, that's where I'm going. I rolled my eyes. I thought you were about to be like, "Oh, Little Caesars was trash." No, no, no. Little Caesars is godly. They had that bacon crust pizza back in the day, and that shit was that was money. <laughs> for five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> so, question. So. Obviously, it, it, I find it fascinating too because it, it's, it's such a um, this is more of a teaching point, like of how you went through things. It's interesting how you get to put you get put into a position to lose weight and to when you're just being told what to do, it's fine and dandy, but it's not sustainable. Right, like it's not ever sustainable. So you're in this transition phase where you finally step on the scale again at four seventy. Um, and you now start implementing this idea that th- I'm not just doing this because my aunt wants me to, or my parents or whoever, it's like, I'm doing it for me. Um, what was that change for you? Like, like, how did you look at food differently now? How'd that kind of happen? Right. And I won't, I won't lie and say it was an overnight change. It was a gradual change. Cause when you're at that weight and you built the habits that I built, there takes a lot of 
monitoring because people don't realize it and people don't talk about it as much as they should, but food addiction is a very real thing. Yes. And I tell, I tell everybody, you know, drugs and alcohol, you can kick that. You can go cold turkey. You don't need drugs and alcohol to live. And I'm not going to say it's easy, but you know, you don't need those to live food. Right. You need it to live. Right. So you still have to put something in your mouth. You can't just not eat ever again. And the temptation is always there. Always. Exactly. Ex- exactly. I mean, it's still here today, right. like, especially during this quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with, with friends and family around you all eating the way they want to eat. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you quit doing cocaine, but all your friends are just bumping around you and like, yeah, like yo. bumping around you. <laughs> I like that, David. That was good. That was really good. I didn't expect that. Um, yeah. So how did you how did you start to change your eating habits? Like what, what, what were some things that you implemented at first? So it's, it started off gradually and I'm not gonna lie. There was a little bit of pushing right. from my family at first mm-hmm. just to kind of get me started. Like my favorite example was my uncle. He's a very, very, uh, no shit person. Okay. <laughs> you know, when I grab a bagel out of the pantry, he'd be like, Joel, you know, that's this many calories. Right. And it made me think, Oh, okay. Do I need that? Uh, so that, that kind of helped me mm-hmm. at first. One of the first things I implemented was, portion control and no liquid calories. Those were the first two things where I knew, okay, I can cut these out and this will help. So I cut out sodas. I started switching to diet sodas if I really needed one. And I started logging my food and trying to hold myself accountable to that portion size. Okay. And I was a, I was a, how do I say this? I was a psychopath with how Mm -hmm. I logged my food. Like if I had one M&M, it was in my log. That's good. I did the same thing. Yeah, and it's, it was just really realizing that uh, there was other things in life that could give me that same happiness as food, so I didn't have to use those as a crutch. But if someone's starting out, the first things I would say to them were get your portion sizes under control and cut out liquid calories. That was, that was my first two. How were you logging your food? Were you, you had a journal or you were using like MyFitnessPal? Yeah, I was using my fitness pal, and I used that pretty yeah, much every step of the way. I, uh, I still use it today. Not sponsored, I swear. <laughs> no, but you're not sponsored, but they did feature you on their website, isn't that right? Yeah, they did. They did, yeah. I got, I, I got tired of riding John's coattails, so I had to go <laughs> find some bigger coattails. To ride. <laughs> For those that don't know, that's the inside joke with me and John. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as starting with exercise, and I still tell this to everybody today, it's and it's probably the cheesiest thing you hear on the internet nowadays. It's just start, just do something. Any, right. Anything's better than nothing. Like I said, I started with a mile walk to the pool, walk some laps back and forth in the pool. Cause it's very, very low impact. And when you're at 400, 500 pounds, that's critical. Cause if you sustain an injury and you become immobile, then, then you're done. Your chances yeah. of succeeding are going to go down. I'm not saying you can't, I'm not cause diets can be most, you know, 90% of what you need but your chances succeed and go down because it's very demoralizing. You can't do anything. Um, so just start, just do something, go out for a walk. You don't have to go to the gym and kill it on the first day. You don't have to run a mile the first day. Just start. So you, you cut out, you cut out soda. You start working on portion control. Uh, are you in the gym at this point? Uh, not yet. The only exercise I've done at this point was walking. Um, I call, about a month down the road, I did start going to the gym because thankfully my, my work at the time, which I, I still work there, but they had a gym in the, in the building. So I could go there before work, work out, 
And how, sure. how are you working out? Because I mean, I know for me, when I was, you know, 500, even when I was 450, it was hard to fit in the machine. So what were some of the, what were some of the things that you were doing in the gym? So one of the things I did was I went on bodybuilding.com because I was, I had no idea what to do. I'd worked out with people before, obviously with football, but that was everybody else telling me what to do, just like you said. Um, so I found a program that looked like fit, fit my needs. Uh -huh. um, that would do, you know, low impact stuff that I needed, machines that I needed, and I would just do that. So most of the stuff I did was um, machines like shoulder press. The, I was a huge user of this cable machine. Right. Um, the Smith machine at the time, which I look back and I'm like, why did I use that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm a Planet very, Fitness very, guy. But you, but you I, were. I, I live at Planet Fitness, so I, I make that Smith machine work. <laughs> but see, you were worried about like putting on Planet size. Fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are Planet Fitness packs, right? Here. <laughs> it's more like knockoff packs. I mean. <laughs> This is a judgment zone, okay, Dave? I don't want to hear about your purple gym, <laughs> which are pizza Sundays and, and bagel Tuesdays. I don't want to hear. Don't want to hear. I've yet to have rolls. pizza from Planet Fitness, though. All right. One, I've a lived quick story. Fitness for years. And I've Qu still quick story. I, one time I was going out with this girl in high you, school. You leaned in and quieted um, down like you wanted to say something naughty. So, <laughs> this is ASMR with John. Listen. Shh. So I was going out with this girl in high school. I never went to a goddamn gym in my life. And she was, uh, she was a member of Planet Fitness. And right when they first opened up. So this was back when, like, the pizza day was every day. I don't know if you guys remember this little time frame in uh, Planet Fitness. There was pizza day every day? Every, every day. There was a pizza day You're every lying. day. I swear to God. And every morning you could go and get bagels. This was an everyday thing. So we went to the Planet Fitness because I guess I felt the need that I had to impress my girlfriend that I could do some sort of physical activity. So I can walk. I can walk. I can do this. So, so we go and I purposely only went for the pizza because I knew that there was pizza there. So like she's doing her thing, her buddy's doing her thing and her girlfriend's boyfriend is doing his thing. And I'm in the corner, like two slices of pizza. pizza. Like, oh my God, this is savage. You guys are really good. You guys are getting in that workout, aren't you? Yeah, this pizza. Good. I'm just, I'm just watching. So I know what to do. I'm yeah. Yeah. And then, and then upon exit, taking a handful of the grape tootsie rolls and sticking them in my pocket. Oh my gosh, that yep. is savage. Yep, and that's the one and only time I ever went to a Planet Fitness. I went to uh, actually, it's funny. The one time I went to a Planet Fitness was on a Tinder date of all things. Really? What? Yeah. Wait, actually, hold on. No. I need to hear this. I have okay. After yours, I got one, and it's bad. So yeah. you go. <laughs> well, it's it's not as juicy as it sounds. But uh, back when I was in college, I was a big user of Tinder because, well, I developed a big social awkwardness from being fat. So right. you know what? What better way to talk to girls than behind the screen, right? Right. Um, so I met a girl and we both showed, shared a passion for working out. And I was like, Oh, what gym do you go to? She said, Planet Fitness. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm immediately judging you. I'll go try, I'll go try it. <laughs> but yeah, on, on the way out, definitely Tootsie Rolls in my pocket. <laughs> Bam. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I literally, I, I, I love play, the price point. To, I travel a lot. So it works out really nice for me because yeah. I travel so much. There's always a Planet Fitness nearby. But I had a, I had a Tinder date. Um, planet fitness where i got straight catfished oh like, yeah this this was like this is post skin surgery david like i'm i'm looking pretty david's looking look, good i'm looking like a snack yeah and like i'm feeling good and this girl's just she comes up and uh i'm telling you man she was at least 80 pounds heavier than her pictures mm -hmm. at least 80 
And I'm not, this is this reality. Even when I was 400 pounds, I was only, I've, I've, I've only been attracted to fit girls. Like even yeah. like six pack ab girls. Like I, it's just, that's just my thing. I, I enjoy that more than anything else. And this girl comes in and I felt it was the, one of the hardest things to do. Cause I just was like, this girl is, she needs to lose a hundred pounds. And I'm like, I'm, I did it for myself. You do it and then come back and then we can talk. Right. But like, I'm not. So gonna... David took out the book that he wrote, handed it to her and was like, listen, I'm not that into you, but this book is going to help you. And if you want, I'll train you for the low price of $80 I'm gonna get a week. Some... <laughs> I'm going to be real. I'm going to get some shit for this. There's going to yeah. be some, I'm going to get some haters for this. Statement, yeah. I'm gonna, but... We're going to have to organize a female guest after Joel now because everyone's going to think that David's a sexist. <laughs> it's, but it's not even that. It's like, honestly, it, it, for example, I hate the line. If you don't love me at my worst, you can't love me at my best. I think that is absolute BS. Because it's like, if you're not good in, like, if, because again, we're, we're just, we're a bunch of habits and in, in who we are. It's like, who we, I'm not, it's just a bad habit. So it's like, yeah. if you're not healthy now, I can't guarantee you're going to be healthy with me. So what, what is, what, like, right. Yeah. You're, you're I'm a gonna heel. Get some shit for this. You are a heel, sir. With girls and guys. It's not just girls. I mean, if I, I'm sure if I put, when I was at my heaviest, if I put pictures of me when I was younger and fitter. When he was seven, he was going to put pictures of himself at seven. Yeah, it's just full circle. Like, I'm not blaming a girl for not finding me physically attractive and not wanting to go out with me at 400 pounds. I don't take that. I'm looking back at that. I'm not taking that personal. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I agree. <laughs> and, I, and I would say that, I would say that in, in the dating realm, too. Like, yo, you don't have to worry. Like, I get it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think you're shallow. I don't think it, I get it. Like mm -hmm. if the shoe was on the other foot, I wouldn't want to, I feel you, baby. I can't love myself. So how are you supposed to love me? Yeah. yeah. And so I want to, I want to put that full circle. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to try right. to protect myself a little uh, bit from the haters. David's not allowed to talk for like the next five minutes. <laughs> oh, and I, I, thought, I thought you would enjoy this, John. So uh, I showed up to the Planet Fitness, right? Right. She was an Italian girl. Oh. Guess what the first thing I ask her is? What's that? Can you make sauce? Because oh, that's what I would do. do this. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the first thing I asked. Do y'all really do this? <laughs> y'all really go like this? <laughs> and I think she actually did it at one point during the during the workout. And I was like, yes, it actually happens. I'm going to protect myself by pivoting completely to something tangible <laughs> after I just went on that rant. Outside, right? um, <laughs> and so I find going back to your going back to your transition where it was like, um, starting to move my body and then also just tracking your calories, just tracking what you eat. I love that because especially from stepping on the scale and to, for me, my fitness pal as well, because the idea that it, it, it stops mysticism, right? Like where it's no longer this mystical ghost that I'm just fat because of some reason outside of my control that I have no idea. And it's like, all of a sudden, if you actually for a week calculated how many calories you're eating in a week, you'd be like, Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> even, even in a day, even in even a, day. a day. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's, I love that place to start with people just start tracking because right. it, it breaks down the mysticism to it all. It's like, and yeah. I, that's the that's the way I recommend most people start because everybody because I'm not trying to plug it right now but I'm actually doing coaching now um oh go ahead plug, plug it up plug, plug your it stuff up. bro hold, uh, hold on hold on let me lob it I'm gonna lob yeah. it lob it lob it now hit it <laughs> <laughs> but in the in the first thing I tell people is let's see how you normally eat so we can fit, fit it 
you know, adjust it to where it's going to fit. Because every, and the number one thing I hear from people is they've tried every diet. They've tried keto, shout out to Gourmet, yeah. right? <laughs> they've tried keto, they've tried paleo, they've tried low carb, they've tried primal, they've tried all this stuff, but it didn't work. Because at the end of the day, sure, those diets can be great. But right. if you're just starting off and you go from, you know, eating pizza every day, eating Whataburger every day, eating, a, eating anything you want every single day to being super, super restrictive the next day, it's not going to work. You're not going to no. stick with that. It's all about building a sustainable lifestyle. So it's really about logging those calories, finding what fits, and it's going to be a lot of trial and error. I'm not going to say that I started logging, logging my calories day one and that was it. Like, okay, no. just straight down from there. No, it was, it was a lot of trial and error. Like, okay, I ate this this week. I gained weight. My, maybe my body reacted to that. It's just about finding what works for you. And, right. it, again, a lot of trial and error. So how'd you go about um, replacing food? So now, so now you have the MyFitnessPal app. You're you're logging just a day of eating for Joel. You see that your eating is obviously out of control, but you can't just flip the switch and just okay, I'm unhealthy today. I'm healthy tomorrow. So what did you do to kind of get yourself on that path? You change one meal out of your day. You change two. What did you do? Well, again, the biggest thing I started with was just portions. So instead right. of eating enough people enough food for three people, I would eat, you know enough for a normal person. Um, and again, I had a lot of help because I was living with family, uh, at least with dinners because, you know, the, the family I live with, with my aunt and uncle, they were very, very healthy people. So when I sat down to dinner with them, you know, it's a pretty controlled, but my main focus was making my breakfast and lunch when I was at work or away from that controlled environment as good as I could. Um, and one of my biggest things was focusing on, what's going to fill me up for the least amount of calories. So, and so like stuff like chicken and a lot of veggies, and I'm not saying that's the only way to go, but that was something that filled me up very easily. Almost made me not want to eat (laughs) because if I put in my mind, like, okay, I have this many calories for the day and then I'm done. If I, you know, ate it all in one meal at McDonald's, then I'm going to be miserable for the rest of the day. Sure. It's going to taste good, but I'm going to be miserable for the rest of the day. Um, and it really was a slow process of first I eliminated the sodas for a while, eliminated bread. You know, it, it wasn't really like a straight, here's the process. It was right. kind of, again, a lot of trial and error, but you never did any of like the textbook diets, right? You never did keto. You never, you never no. did paleo carnivore. None of that. No, I, I did. Was... I did try low carb for one point, which it wasn't like a set out paleo diet. It was more right. like, okay, I'm going to cut out bread. Okay. Right. I'm not eat pasta. I'm sorry. I know that hurt your heart right there, John. But, hey, I haven't um, had real pasta in like four years, buddy. I eat that lentil stuff now. Right, oh, yeah. I don't I, eat wheat pasta. Can I see your Italian card, please? Yeah, I got it for you. Hold on a second. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But, and, and that's what makes it so hard for me to tell people what I did was it wasn't like this textbook thing. It wasn't like, okay, I jumped on keto and then it worked for me. It was kind of figuring out what, what could fill me up for the most calorie with, for the least amount of calories and finding what worked for me. So I did the exact, I mean, that, that's actually very similar to what I did. And like, that's, I always implement, I always kind of put that as a piece of my puzzle on not necessarily branding myself, but like becoming a quote unquote expert fitness, like you're teaching people all this kind of stuff and coaching because it would be so much easier of a brand just to say you're the keto guy or right. you're the, intermittent fasting guy or you're the macro guy it's like no i in the last six years i've done 
all of I've done everything but vegetarian and vegan pretty much. And it's like, they all helped. They all, they all had their pros and cons and I'm the same position as you. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to get to the grocery store and it's, it's kind of figuring out what, what makes it work. And then also going off of what you were saying earlier, it's interesting too, when you start to calorie count and you start to like look at foods differently and you start to figure out how, when you eat healthy, how much food you can actually eat right. when you're looking at food differently. It's like a, a McDouble is a thousand calories. And it's like, yeah. how much, how much baked chicken is a thousand calories of bait? You would be peeling at the gourds of eating a thousand calories of baked chicken in one sitting. Yeah. Right. Like I, uh, so when my, my girlfriend and I got serious about powerlifting, so when we moved in together, this is fast forwarding to like now. Okay. Uh, whenever she moved in with me, she decided because she, she had done CrossFit her whole life, she'd actually lost 250 pounds herself. So she'd she'd always been athletic. But we're gonna she, have her next, by the way, Joel. Yeah, that's gonna right. happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, so she'd been you know in the gym all the time. So she decided she wanted to try powerlifting out. And whenever she did, we got really serious about our diets, and we had someone kind of write out our nutrition for us. And whenever we got our plans back, we ate the same thing every day, but. I looked at my portion sizes and it was literally like four eggs and 12 tablespoons of egg whites with bell peppers cooked in there. And I cooked it all and it was literally filled up a Tupperware that big. And I was like, after the first meal, I'm like, how many calories did I see? And I logged it. And it's like 500 calories, mm-hmm. but I'm literally full all day from that. Right. When it comes to meal two, I'm like, I'm literally having to force it down because yeah. And the thing people don't realize is there's stuff you can enjoy that's going to fit into your diet. It's just, you got to look for it because everybody yeah. wants that easy answer. Hell yeah. That's why there's so many people who try diets and fail because they want that magic pill, that magic yep. pill. And yep. for me, the meal format that really worked was a protein, some rice and um, a veggie. Right. So, you said so, veggie last because no one really likes the veggies. Yeah, I had to think about it. I'm like, what's that yeah. thing called again? Uh, I'll be honest with you. There's sometimes, there's sometimes I meal prep and I'm like, do I really have to put this stupid zucchini in here? <laughs> is it really is doing really, anything? really valuing my nutrition? <laughs> Summer's coming, John. Summer's coming. <laughs> Summer's coming. Um, so I want to take it back really quick because we fast forwarded there for a second. So when did you start noticing real change in, in, in just yourself when you looked in the mirror or even just mentally, like where, what was that turning point for you that you were like, okay, it's working this time. Like I can continue on this path. Right. Uh, the real, the real first time that I noticed change was actually really after I lost 50 pounds. That's when, cause I, I'd noticed stuff before then because I'd be, you know, my pants wouldn't fit as well. My right. It was kind of funny because whenever I first started, I had this one belt. I think it was a size, probably 64 belt. Uh, yeah. And I bought a leather, my aunt bought me a leather punch because I wanted to keep the belt and see how, <laughs> I got how one. far I could get that to go around. <laughs> and um, I had noticed my clothes were fitting different. I'd noticed little stuff. But once I got under 400 pounds, I started to realize, like, you know, I actually got a shot here. You know, I'm, right. that first number's three. That's acceptable, you know. Yep. Because someone says they weigh 300 something pounds, you're like, okay, maybe they're maybe they're just a thick boy, maybe they're, you know, maybe they they work out a lot. But when they say 400 pounds, you're like, okay, you're just fat. I'm yeah. seven four, 400 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. No. Um, but yeah, so I really started to notice that then, and then once 
that once I got under 400 pounds, I started getting more motivated in the gym because at right. this point, because the numbers moving, it's like making big number moves. Exactly. Cause I didn't just lose 20 pounds. I didn't just lose, you know, 10 pounds, which is still a good number to lose. Oh yeah. And I, I'll, I'll never shame anybody for the amount of weight they've lost. Cause the, yeah. I think the number one conversation I've had with people was they'd see me at work and be like, Oh my God, you've lost a lot of weight. How much have you lost? And I'd say, you know, a hundred pounds, 200 pounds, whatever it was at the time. And they'd be like, Oh my God, that's awesome. But then they'd say like, Oh, I've only lost 25 pounds, nothing close to what you've done. And I'm like, no, it's still amazing. Nope. Like, had to put the work you, in. You only have 40 to lose. You've lost 25. That's great. If you That's try to amazing. lose 200 pounds, you wouldn't exist. <laughs> right. I love that. I love when people say that in public. Oh my God, you look fantastic. I haven't seen you in years. How much are you down? Oh, like 270. Wow, that's great. You know, I have like 40 pounds to lose. I'm down 30. I'm just not as good as you. Bro, you lost almost your whole goal. Like, what do you mean? Three fourths of the way there. Yeah. Most importantly, you had to say it like this. Uh, I, I just realized I did that too. <laughs> Oh gosh, this is great. Okay, yeah. so now that we've gone off on another tangent, <laughs> let's try to reel Joe back in. So now you are you're losing weight, you're feeling great, which is awesome. You are noticing change on the scale. How are you staying accountable? You're logging food. You are going to the gym every day. So what else are you doing to kind of keep yourself accountable to your actions and everything that you want? The biggest, the biggest one in the beginning was the scale. Uh, and it's kind of being a little hypocrisy here because I don't, I tell people the scale is not everything to me in the beginning, the scale was everything, you know, cause I would, yeah. I was the same way. Yeah. I think, I think everyone who starts off is the same way. Yeah. Cause I will, you know, I knew if that scale didn't move, I was going to feel like shit and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't making progress towards my goals. So I really held myself accountable to that. Um, another way I did it, which was kind of weird was, um, but which I think a lot of people do this is buying goal shirts. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? Oh, sorry about that. For some reason, my phone decided to ring. It's all good. We'll edit oh. that out. Oh. What's that? Yeah, what's that? It out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'd, I'd buy goal shirts and it'd be like, all right, I want to fit in a 3X now. Okay, I want to fit in a 2X now. And I really held myself accountable to making progress, if that makes sense. Like, I just love to see progress. Um, I just like how you I chunked knew. it. That, that was, I like, I, I've, ne I've never heard of the, the goal shirts. I just like the idea of like you're chunking the, really? the goal down. I've never heard of a goal shirt like that. Steve, that's, that's I, actually, I, I should have brought this up on the last episode. Steve actually did that for me. He bought me my first goal shirt and I was like a 4X at the time and he bought me a 2X shirt and he was like, you're going to fit into this. And I was like, you're yeah. a crazy son of a bitch. It's not going to happen. That's but wild. Happened. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. never heard of a goal shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And also being able and at this point, I hadn't started because I see a lot of people that start their Instagram page when they start. Right. I didn't start that until I was pretty much almost all the way down. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, being able to share the progress of people and being able to show people what's possible was a huge thing for me. Um, being able to be like, oh, yeah, I've lost 100 pounds. That was like one of my biggest goals was being able to show people, hey, no matter how far gone you are, this is possible. How do you like the uh, Instagram weight loss community? I'm not gonna lie, it's it's hit or miss. Um, right. There's a lot of good, genuine people out there, and that share a good, genuine message. Um, sometimes I think it gets away from us. Like some right. people get caught up in how many followers we have or how many likes we get. Um, but for the most part, it is just people trying to hold others accountable and share their message and inspire people. And when it's at its best like that, I love it. Um, because I think so it interesting. Is, I'm so out of that realm. 
Yeah. Like I have my social media, Instagram and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't dive into individual people's brands. Right. Um, I just never, just never did. So yeah. it's so funny because that's, that's John's connection to everything. It's like, he's got the relationships, with a lot of different, the fit <laughs> transformation people on Instagram. I don't know him at all. <laughs> I don't know nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. And, and, um, she was going to say, like, I, I've kind of stepped away from that myself. Like, right. I, it's almost like my, cause whenever I was losing weight and lost all my weight, it was around my sophomore or junior year of college was when I finally got to my lowest weight. And I was, it almost what was, was like, that. What weight? Um, like my lowest sustained weight was 227. Okay. Um, and that was when I was like running all the time. I was, I'm not gonna lie. When I got to my lowest, I hated myself because I was still in that mindset of there's always more. I can push more. I don't, I don't weigh as much. I haven't lost as much as this guy. I don't right. run as this guy. So I was still comparing myself to other people. Um, but at that point it almost became like weight loss was my whole life. Right. You know, all I posted about on Instagram was weight loss. All I, you know, that was the only thing I talked about was my weight loss. So, um, I do think it does get, people get wrapped up too much in that instead of, you know, having your own identity, if that makes sense. I feel like. No, I, just, I got you. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. Definitely. And I, and I agree. And I feel that, I feel that social media, like you said, it, you know, it's it, it's a two-sided coin because I think that when it's at its best, it's amazing. There's people on there that love to help each other, that really want to see change in the community and really want to see people hit all their goals. And then, you know, you get to the point where you get so caught up in trying to be like the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. So it's definitely a double-edged sword. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, for me, and this is just my ideals. If it wasn't for my page itself, I don't know if I would have had a, as much of an impact and, and as much success because the people on my Instagram kept me accountable. That's just cut and dry the way it was. I was posting my progress. I was already a year deep into my journey when I started my page, but the people that were commenting and, and following me and DMing me, it was all positive. Keep going, keep doing this. You're doing amazing things now. I never wanted it to, you know, blow up to what it is now, but it did. And that's just what it is. But I like to try to keep that positivity up. You know, I don't want to be that guy who's comparing himself to everybody. And it's just, it, it can be toxic at times, but yeah. I think when you, you put it in a realm like this and we're able to come together because I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for, you know, the Instagram right. weight loss community, I wouldn't know David and we wouldn't be able to sit down today and have this conversation about, you know, just accountability as a whole. So it's definitely good. It, it, it can be good. And I think that we need to continue to make it good. And it's our responsibility to do that. Right. And one thing I would say about that is use social media responsibly. Right. Because it is a good motivation tool. Like, you know, I've had people tell me, hey, you know, your transformations inspired me. It, you know, seeing seeing you do it makes it seem possible to me. And actually, when I started, um, I saw one of my friends. I, he's not very, he doesn't do much weight loss stuff anymore, but his name was Biggie O'Donnell on Instagram. He, I saw him do it and I was like, because he was probably had about the same body structure as me. Mm -hmm was around the same starting weight. And when he, I saw him do it, I was like, huh, maybe this is possible. Right. Um, but at the same time I would see, and I'll tell someone who has a lot to lose, like let's say 200 pounds, hundred pounds. What's, I mean, let me see if John knows this. What's the biggest question you get from someone who wants to lose that much? How'd you do it? Well, the number one, the number I, one question I get is how'd you do it? 
I guess number the number two question that I get is, am I going to have loose skin? Oh, well, yeah, oh, that I get one that. too. Yeah. I hate that question. Yes, you're yeah. going to have loose skin. Yeah. And actually, I got a comment on my TikTok that says, if you go vegan, you won't have loose skin when you lose the weight. Because does yeah. that somehow make such a big difference? <laughs> right. We're not making fun of diets today, David. I made fun of Weight Watchers last week, and it's just not happening again. Right, we're, we're holding back from the from mocking. Yeah. But um, but what I, what what happened with me was I would see because we all carry our weight differently. We all carry mm-hmm. different amounts of weights in different places. We all start at different points. But one of the things for me that kind of made me beat myself up was actually uh, everybody knows him, obese to beast. Yeah, his page. Whenever I was in the middle of my journey was when I saw when I think when he was doing bodybuilding shows. And I saw his page and I was like, oh, wow, this guy, he's on stage. He's so lean. He's so buff. Like he barely has any loose skin. I can be like that. And that almost pushed me to a place where I was too far, like too doing, going too hard, doing right. too much, hating, my, beating myself too much because I didn't look like this. Uh-huh. So I would say use it responsibly. Use it for motivation, but don't use it to be like, I want to look like him or I want to be like him. Yeah, it, I agree. It I like that. Because my my main focus right now is powerlifting and I'm far from the strongest person out there. And this is a crazy time to be alive because human beings are stronger than they've ever been. And it's easy for me to look, you know, go to the gym, come back home, open up Instagram and be like, well, I had a good session, but I'm not as strong as this guy. So I should hate myself. But right. yeah. So, so I got to ask you. So at this point in the story, you're, you're, you're at your lowest weight, you're 227 pounds. Um, how did you make the transition into powerlifting? Like what made you say, okay, I don't want to lose weight anymore, but I want to lift, you know, I just want to lift. I want to pick very large things. Yeah. Up. Very large things up. <laughs> um, actually it was funny. Cause that takes us back to earlier when I said that comment of being undersized for a lineman, right. That was kind of the turning point for me. Cause that was the end of my junior, my junior season. I had a pr- pretty okay season, but I, I definitely knew the size and strength wasn't there. My endurance was at its peak. You know, I was, I, run, I was running. I was able to keep up in practice. I could do all the conditioning, but my strength really wasn't there. Um, and th- up until this point, I had just been pretty much training for aesthetics, you know, trying to look good, not really focused on my strength. And at that point, I realized, okay, I need to get stronger. I don't need to drop any more weight. I'm going to play football. I'm going to, I need a little bit of beef behind me. (laughs) So I started off with a very basic powerlifting program there. And this is before I ever considered competing before I ever considered even calling myself a powerlifter, but it was the five by five program. Okay. I'm sure most powerlifters are ran at one time. We have one point in their careers because it's where most of us start off. What is that? Was that? What is the five by five program? I don't know what that is. So it's, it's, it's literally just how it sounds. It's five sets of five reps on, uh, I think it, in total it does about six different exercises. So one day, for example, it will be um, squat, bench, and bent over row. You'll do five sets of five, and you'll start with a weight where you'll where you can do it com- pretty much com- pretty comfortably, almost fifty percent of your one rep max, I believe. It's been a while since I've done it, so this might yeah. not be the exact numbers, but it uses progressive overload. So like let's say this week you benched one eighty five for five sets of five. Next week you'll do one ninety for five sets of five. And it's just progressively overloading yourself. Um so that's where I started because I was like, okay, I can get a little bit stronger. But after my senior year of football, I still had that itch to compete, that itch to keep myself motivated in the gym. And I was like, well I've already, you know, done all the strength stuff. Maybe I can try out powerlifting. I won't compete or anything. But right. um 
I'll at least try it. And I had a lot of friends in the gym that were powerlifters, so it was, it was a very easy transition into that community. Um, and then just fell in love with it, you know, because yeah. it was a way to keep myself moving, keep myself healthy, but also get stronger and see a different kind of number I could be proud of. See, I, I love I love that because um, I'm a firm believer in doing something. I mean, obviously not everyone's competitive, but if you're a competitive person and say, which most people are in some, some way, shape or form, I agree. finding something you can compete with that can keep you accountable. So like whether it's running a 5k every year or it's running a marathon or it's powerlifting or it's bodybuilding shows, something you can do yearly by yearly competitive that just kind of keeps your edge because otherwise it's so easy to slide but it's like if you if you know like for example i may make bodybuilding shows my competitive edge where just every other year i do a show and that just kind of i'm not doing it to for some crazy like i have to win and i gotta do anything it takes to win i want to get better but it's like it'd be a position for me just to kind of show progression, show accountability and keep you on task. Cause it's like, all right, I can gain a little weight and still be healthy. All right, David, you can't, you can't gain 45, 50 and then get ready for this bodybuilding show. You gotta, you gotta stay in check here. <laughs> and so I, I, I like the idea of having something that you can compete with that kind of keeps you accountable. Right. Okay. And one, one of the biggest things powerlifters say is it's not about beating the person next to you. Every time you step on the platform, it's about beating how you were yesterday or how you were before it's you're really competing with yourself in the sport unless you're in the top you know 10 percent, then you're really trying to be the best in the world but i'm i'm far from the top 10 percent, so i'm just trying to be the best i can be better than i was yesterday and that's really given me giving me more motivation now because one thing i have to tell everybody is there's going to be a time where the weight loss stops right and this is this why it takes back to what, what i was talking about my hypocrisy of the scale being everything because once that scale stops your motivation is going to stop right. so mm-hmm. you got to find something else that motivates you something else that holds you accountable something else something another area of life to get better in whether that's physically or whether it's you know graduating mentally all that all that good stuff i so. think that is absolutely massive because that's, that's why I, i'm like i always promote health and happiness health and happiness Health has a crazy balance to it. Happiness has a crazy balance to it. And you can take it in so many different directions. But if if it's just weight loss, it's like if your primary focus is just weight loss and that's all you're doing it for, that's where the, that's where this roller coaster comes from because you lose the 150 pounds and then you're like, and that's it. And it's (laughs) over. Right. And then you gain it all back and you're like, Ooh, I like the rush of that. So you do it again and you do it again. You do it again. Yeah. And and that's one thing that I was thinking about recently because I saw in our high school alumni group, our old digital film teacher posted our class of 2014 uh, wrap up video where we all kind of shared our funniest moments from high school or, you know, what we're going to miss about high school, who we're going to miss, blah, blah, blah. And I was in it for a couple of times and not only could you see how fat I was, cause I was fat. Like I'm talking job of the hut, <laughs> give me a sail barge. I'm about to throw my butt. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> had to do that for John there. Uh, I love you. Not only, not only could I see how fat I was, but I talked so fast. It was like, I couldn't wait to get the words out. Cause I was just so socially awkward. Oh yeah. Like I talked about this. I was like, they asked me what my favorite story was. And I was like, uh, probably the time is rotated. Like, I just couldn't wait to get the words out. And 
part of part of what I saw in that was not only have I lost this weight, but I've also gained the ability to talk like a coherent human being, right? To communicate, to be more outgoing, and that's one thing I encourage people to do is don't just focus on one area, because you know there's so many people that I've heard, even one of my clients right now, I won't, won't name names out of respect, but they told me, you know, they've been there before they've been at their goal weight and they just hated their life. They hated their body. They hated everything. So it's really about improving yourself in other areas as well. Like if you don't like that, you're, you don't like your job. Okay. Don't just lose weight. Get a, get a, get a degree, right. work on improving that. If you don't like that, you're socially awkward. Like I was, Focus on being more going, focus on talking to people, get your confidence up. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have a quality of life when you lose that 200 pounds or whatever you need to lose, you're just gonna be as miserable as you were at 400 or 500. I love that, Joe, because this, this journey is way more than losing weight. It's more about personal growth than it is dropping numbers on a scale. So I <laughs> definitely, definitely love that and respect that a lot. Yeah, and just that sense of progress. Like, t- like Tony Robbins, I'm a huge Tony Robbins guy. And, uh, obviously happiness comes from progress. And as soon as you hit your goal in one area, if you don't adjust, if you don't find something to feel like you're progressing towards, you're just going to fall apart. And so, and that's why I think where a lot of these people in the, the obesity space, the weight loss space, they're always on the roller coaster because their only sense of progress was the weight. And that's the only thing they've gotten gratification from. And so they gain the weight and lose the weight because every time they lose the weight, Oh my gosh, I'm progressing again. And there's this, there's this overwhelming, right. Just ebbs and flows of it. So it's like, yeah, as soon as you're done with the weight, what's the next tap, what's the next progression you're going to fix? What is the next thing about yourself? That, Cause that was big with me was, um, after I lost about 60 pounds, I immediately transitioned to, I'm going to change everything I don't like about myself. And if I can't change it, I'm going to learn to accept it. Now, most right. things we can't change. Obviously there's some things you can't, I mean, I wish I was six six and could wheelmill dunk a basketball, but that's just not going to happen. <laughs> but there's so many things you can do. Um, and so when I got into that avenue of life where it's like I'm changing how I see myself, I'm changing how I see finances, I'm changing how I see everything, um, it, it creates so much more sustainability for progress. I dig that. Right. And that, that's another reason why, as I said, I transitioned into the world of powerlifting is because it gave me another avenue to see improvement. So instead of seeing I went down five pounds on the scale, okay, I added, you know, two and a half kilograms to that PR. Hell yeah, I'm improving. And that was another, just like you, um, another area I had to focus on was, you know, what area of my life do I not like now that I have to improve? And like I said, in my freshman year of college, I was cutting classes. And at the end of my freshman year, I was on academic probation. Like I was basically a college dropout because I'd lost all my financial aid and I couldn't go back to the college I was at. So I had to not only focus on losing the weight, but I had to focus on now I got to get a degree or I got to find a job where I can make money to live. And it started by just going to community college and then working my way there, going to university, and now I have a bachelor's degree. So it's all about in constantly improving. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't let yourself get stagnant. Amen. 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 Wow. That was, we are at an hour, I think, which is wild. Yeah, hour and six already. Yeah. So we're killing it right now. I mean, uh, we can still go right now. Obviously, this part will be edited out, but we could still continue. It's totally, 
whatever I, you guys want to do. I got nothing else to do. So whatever, whatever y'all need. David. I'm wide open. Um, I think <laughs> we got to play video games. Hold on. We're going to turn to switch. We're going to all twitch it out. We're going to figure what, what game we playing. I mean, I definitely, I want to make the pivot quick of, you know, you going from wanting to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight to the powerlifting, how it affects your diet and, you know, all that good stuff. If and you want to just touch dance. upon that and the peck dance and touch upon that really quick. And then we can kind of wrap it up and then go into the tools really quick. And then yep. Jet I out. Think that. Okay, cool. Good. All right, cool. So three, two. All right. So you're losing the weight. You're down now. You're, you're, you're at your, your goal to, you're at your goal of 227 pounds. You decided that you want to get into the powerlifting realm. So what is different now as far as your eating habits go and, and the food that you're taking in? Because you've been so focused now for the last few years of caloric deficit and, and losing this weight. And, you know, that was the, the end goal was to be at, you know, your slimmest weight. But now you want to lift heavy and you can't lift heavy if you're not taking in as much food as possible. So what was that like? Right. So it was a really hard mental shift for me at first because I knew – because when I was losing weight, I could, I could eat less. That'd be fine. Like, okay, I skipped dinner today. That's fine. I can, right. those be a couple of extra pounds off tomorrow. But when I'm trying to get stronger in powerlifting, you know, my body needs that fuel. Cause just like I said earlier, food, food is fuel. So it was kind of finding the balance of eating more. And that was a very hard mental shift for me. Cause for almost three and a half years now, I'd been focusing on, you know, less, less, less. Now it's like, okay, I got to eat enough or more to get right. stronger. And it was, it was a really hard shift because I couldn't just go to eating whatever I wanted. I had to be smart about it. I had to focus on, okay, you know, I need these rice. I need this rice for carbs, but you know, I need to keep it under control because I, I want to lift heavy. Sure. But I don't want to find, find myself back at 400 pounds. Right. So it was really finding that balance of where the sweet spot was, which I, I had that worked out when I was in college. Cause I would, get up, eat some breakfast, go to classes. And at the end of the day, I'd go to the gym and lift. And then on the way home, I'd get some chicken and rice from a hibachi place. And right. I understood, okay, this is, this is good protein. This is good carbs. And there was some broccoli in there, which, but <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, which I understood. Okay. This is fueling my body. This is not, this is not something I should hate. This right. is something I need to live. This is something I need to get better. Let's let's keep it under control. Let's you know allow ourselves a little bit more. Sweet, sweet. So that was a mental challenge for you, would you say? Right. Oh, very much so. Because obviously, once I saw the scale go up, I would still see the numbers go up at the gym, but it was still a very hard mental shift because there still is no voice in the back. The mind game start. Yeah, it'd be like, oh well, you're a fat fuck now. Right. I'm like, yeah, but I'm strong. I don't care. You're still fat. Right. It, it was I'll stuff. Be- I'd be so intrigued with that too, as well, because obviously I think it's gen- genetics. It's it's not the end all be all, but it, there's no question that some people can eat pretty much whatever they flip and want, and they yeah. they stay within thirty to forty pounds of their ideal body weight. And there's other people where you're off by a little bit, and it's just off the walls. So I'd be intrigued. Have, did you ever deal with some of your powerlifting friends that they're they're in this gain stage and they're trying to gain muscle, gain power, so they're just eating up a freaking gourd while oh. you're like playing this this teeter totter balance scale of oh I want to eat more so I can gain strength, but I know it can easily turn into four hundred pounds. Right. So how was that? 
it, it, it was a challenge because uh, there was this all-you-can-eat sushi place in, in Greensboro where I went to college. And the, sometimes a bunch of my parallel friends, we'd go there and we could, they would eat everything in sight. And so would I, because there were still those days where I let myself go wild, um, which is kind of key because you don't want to make it every day. It is okay to indulge sometimes. It is okay to go wild sometimes, but as long as it's not every single day, then you're going to have a problem. And I would sit there and they'd just be ordering more and more and more. And the next day they would still make weight for the competition, but I'm like, okay, I got to worry about, I'm going to make weight, you know, all this, all this stuff, like what, how is this going to affect my scale numbers? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely had the experience with that, especially, especially one of my, my good friends, I'll give a shout out to Michael Musler. (laughs) If you you hear this, AKA squat, like Mike on Instagram, go follow him. Um, He, his weight class is 93 kilograms. And he always talks about, especially during this quarantine, having to eat more to keep that weight. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> let's be nice why, why oh. can't we all have those problems yeah. yeah and that's and that's i think it's a good because it, it, it pivots the other way too is i get so sick of these personal trainers that are just like or just people in general just it's just calorie deficits come on man just 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 eat less and everything's sunshine and rainbows like come on there, there's just more to the game than that yeah. because wow. explain that to me how this man can eat literally whatever he wants and he sits at nine, 93 kilograms and if I ate whatever I wanted, I would be a million pounds. A lot of kilograms. All the kilograms. All the kilograms. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of, and at the end of the day, I'm not gonna lie. It is calorie deficit at the end of the day. But right. one thing people don't take into account is the mentality issues. Mm-hmm. You know, the body dysmorphia, hating what you see in the mirror. Cause I'm not gonna lie. I mean, a lot of the times I look in the mirror, even when I was losing weight, I would still see that 500 pound kid in the mirror. I wouldn't see someone I should be proud of. I didn't see someone who made all this progress. I didn't see someone who had done a, done a lot of good stuff. I saw someone who was fat, worthless, mm-hmm. and just a general piece of shit. <laughs> so now you you you've never had skin surgery, right? Right. Nope. And that, is that in the uh, in the cards for you in the future, or it, you know, for a long time it was in the cards. It was something I thought about. Um, it kind of got delayed in college because when I got to my lowest, I was still playing football and I was like, well, it's going to put me out of working out and practicing. So I'll, I'll just wait till I'm out of college. And then actually met my, my girlfriend, Caitlin. Um, as I said, she lost 250 pounds herself. And um, one of my biggest fears about loose skin was how everybody looked at it. Uh-huh. Um, but after eventually I learned to love it. Like I said this on our podcast with, um, with Gormy on the fat guy forum. Uh, there were people I was with who I didn't even take my shirt off for, um, right. you know, because I was just so self-conscious about it. But once I learned to love it and also met Caitlin, who has loose skin herself, we both have that to, I guess, relate to. Right. So it's not as big of an issue for me because I, I've learned to love it. Um, now, I still have people telling me, I actually had a comment on my Instagram from some uh, jerk off the other day who's like, you should really you should really consider skin surgery. And I don't know, I don't know what they meant by it, but you know. Yeah, yeah. thanks, so, Dick. Give and, me the 10 and, grand. And, it goes, and you get those rascals in every sense of the word because the same, the same people that say you should get skin surgery are the ones saying to me, how do you deal with the scars? Right. It's, it's the like, same thing. It's like, and they're, I, they're the same one the sitting behind the trophies. screen eating a bag of chips. So true. Right. But it's like, I, whether, whether it's the excess skin by itself or it's the scars afterwards, you can perceive them as 
this overwhelming regret or you can be like these are this is a trophy man it's like yeah. my little bat wings like this is a trophy like <laughs> it's like there's very few people out there that can do that like yeah. it, <laughs> uh, and actually it was funny because you mentioned a singlet earlier and in powerlifting competitions gotta you gotta wear a singlet because they have to know you know okay did your hips go below your knees for parallel did your butt stay on the bench so it's a very easy way to judge when you have a single on and everything's skin tight um in my first going into my first competition i was so so nervous about wearing it because i put it on i look like a busted can of biscuits because <laughs> 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 of all the skin and um it was kind of funny because it actually got recognized by some people there um one person looked you know looked at my single and he's like hey how much weight have you lost and i was able to tell him you know i lost all this weight so it in a way it almost is like a trophy to prove like oh i did this right um, but going back to what you said about the scars and loose skin, people are going to find something to talk bad about no matter what, mm-hmm. whether you're 500 pounds, like, Oh, look, it's a big fat ass. Or, you know, you lose all that weight and you have all this loose skin. People are like, Ew, that's gross. Why don't you get that removed? Or like you said, you get it removed. Oh, what the, what's that scar from? So right. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like just do, do you people are going to exactly. find something to talk about. hundred exactly. percent. It's my, my favorite quote. There's no one true route to happiness but there is one true route to unhappiness and that's trying to make everyone else happy. Right. Right. So, so Joel, I have three more questions for you and then we are going to let you go. So uh, this is a question that I like to ask everyone who's been on the podcast so far. Um, If you could go back in time and talk to 12 year old Joel, who has no idea that he's going to lose all this weight. One day he's going to compete in powerlifting competitions, meet the love of his life and you know be happy-go-lucky big jay reed what would you tell him i'd say put down the fork fat ass <laughs> no, i'm kidding <laughs> uh, i would say stop trying to make other people happy um because that's a lot of why my first attempt at weight loss failed was because i was trying to make everybody else happy i was trying to make my guardians proud i was trying to live up to the standard that you know my parents everybody would say oh your parents would be so proud of you i was trying to make them proud i was trying right. to make you know, everybody proud. I was trying to make my coaches proud. And my message to him would be just make yourself happy. You know, do what makes you happy as long as it makes you healthy. <laughs> Don't go to all those fast food restaurants and just stay dedicated because as long as you put the work in, good results are going to come. I love that. And last but not least, I want three tools, three accountability tools that you would, you could pass on to anybody listening to this podcast, whether they've started their journey, thinking about starting their journey or are just looking for some help. Number one, patience. Everybody expects, again, like I said earlier, everybody wants that magic pill. that's going to take that weight off instantly. You got to be patient. It's going to go on. The weight's going to come on a lot slower than, or a lot faster. It's going to go off. So just stick with it. Trust the process. Keep yourself going. Um, number two, find, find something to love about yourself. Um, how do I explain this? Uh, cause it's easy to get very, get discouraged whenever you're at four or 500 pounds, you know, find something to be proud of, find something like, okay, I got up and took a walk today. I'm proud of that. I lost 10 pounds. I'm very, I'm proud of that. Be proud, be proud of yourself, love yourself. Um, and just care enough to you know, do this to better yourself. Does that make right. sense? I feel like I just worked. No, no, nope. <laughs> just, just, to, just to pivot because that's the, the way I've, I've explained the last podcast is I celebrate 
good decisions or good at like, so when I ate a good meal, when I was 400, I would stand up at the cafeteria, give myself a high five and I'd sit down. I actually would do that. People would look to me that it was the weirdest thing ever, but I celebrated and I was proud of the fact that I ate a good meal. So I, I think that's what you're going with. I think yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Celebrate the small victories. Um, especially with a giant amount of weight to lose. I guess this can be number tool number three is celebrate every victory you can. Cause especially if you have, 100 200 pounds to lose it's going to be a long road it's not going to be overnight and it's going to be really easy to look at that big picture especially when you have 200 pounds to lose and being like okay i have to lose 200 pounds but you lose 25 and you're like oh man i still have like 175 more to go but you don't realize how far you've already come right especially if you hit a plateau um you're gonna hit that plateau and you're gonna be like oh well it's over i'm just gonna go back i'm I'm, i quit but just look back and be like oh well I did this, but don't, don't look back too far because one thing that tripped me up was looking back too far and just being proud of that, but not focusing on progressing anymore. So use, celebrate your victories, use them as a motivation, but don't look back for too long. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is, um, don't look back only to see how far you've come. So don't look back at all the bad shit, look at the good shit and keep chugging forward. So exactly. Joel, I want to thank you, my brother, my fantastic four member, my main man. Seriously, thank you for taking time out today, especially on such short notice and uh, doing this with us. Yeah, of course, man. Would not, would never miss an opportunity to ride your coattails. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, real quick before we go, where can everyone find you on social media? How can they get in touch with you for online coaching? Plug all your shit. I want to hear it all. Yeah, so... Uh, as far as coaching, I'm working with a company called My Body Tutor. So if you go to mybodytutor.com, uh, there's a lot of coaches there to work with you. Uh, you can also request me if you like me. If you want an asshole for a coach, you got me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But there, there are a lot of – and it takes a focus on uh, the more why you eat, not just what you eat. I'm not just going to give you a program be like, there, go eat that. You know, It's going to address more of the underlying issues as well as the general weight loss stuff. Uh, as far as Instagram, Big J Reed. That's me. That's pretty much the only real social media platform I use. So, yeah, there I am. Cool, cool. Well, and my only, my only fans is in, in the description below. <laughs> uh, please don't throw that out. <laughs> Joel, thank you, brother. I love you, man. And uh, we'll definitely be having you on in the future. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Love you all, too. Even this guy I've never met before. <laughs> There's this guy. I don't even know. Yeah. Like, is, is it, it going to be different? I'm, I'm pointing this way, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm on top in mine. So, like, you're all below me. I'm top right. So, I'm kind of a big deal. Oh. Bottom for me. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> all right, fam. Hey, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Hey, pleasure and an honor. Great to talk with you all. Have a great day. Totals. Totals. <laughs>